welcome back to the pod guys it's austin we haven't done a sit rep in a while so uh it's it's sunday february 21st hanging out here uh with the dog and uh there's some stuff going on you know that i thought we should talk about uh specifically um and unfortunately back in the political political realm excuse me um things like hr 127 okay this radical new gun control bill is uh becoming a real threat to um to our rights right as gun owners uh and and i think the biggest problem is not inherently with that bill right um which, it, I mean, that's not to say it's not a problem. What I'm saying, though, is that I think a lot of Americans will continue to do, on both sides of the aisle, <clears throat> um, what we've done for the past 30 years. Which is just, we give an inch, right? We give an inch, we give an inch, we give an inch. Um, the problem with that is that it... it it kind of gives you this false sense of security, right? Like we're still, like our rights are still being preserved. But if you look 30, 40, 50 years, uh, you know, back in time and look at all the political changes that we've seen, uh, you know, especially around the Second Amendment, you'll see that we've done nothing but give away our rights, right? Things like, and I don't advocate for the use of bump stocks. I think that's, it's ridiculous. I think they're stupid. Um, but I do think it's a, a bit of an overreach there, you know, for... The government to to make you know that kind of decision um on a firearms accessory i i do uh you know we saw the 94 assault weapons ban which you know sunset in 2004 and now it looks like they're trying to it, it not even bring it back because it, from everything i've seen this wouldn't have a um this wouldn't have like a 10-year shelf life this would be just a new bill and a new set of laws um, and if history shows us anything, guys, like if this gets through, that's it. That's it. It's not coming off the books. All right. The assault weapons ban only came off because some legislatures, you know, uh, insisted that they put that 10 year sunset clause in there, which by the way, if you guys look at the statistics, it's really fascinating about that assault weapons ban and the, you know, obviously the positive to it is that it came off because it didn't actually stop crime. In a lot of ways, crime rates actually increased. You know, now you can, I could throw a bunch of numbers at you guys, but I mean, that's the thing about numbers and statistics. You can dress them up to tell whatever story you want, but facts are facts, okay? It didn't stop gun crime. Uh, You know, high crime areas like Chicago, LA, Detroit, we saw higher crime rates during that that ten year span because it was harder for law abiding citizens to get, you know, high. I want it, magazines of the capacity over ten rounds. I almost said high capacity. Standard capacity magazines were not illegal at that time. Uh, "Quote unquote assault weapons," which you know, machine guns. Uh, machine guns are actually been like illegal in the U.S. since the early '80s. When I say machine gun, I mean you pull it, you just hold the trigger down. You know, just a constant stream of bullets. People don't seem to realize that there's a difference between quote-unquote assault weapons. Uh, machine guns is what they're meaning when they say that, because assault's a verb. You can't use that to describe a weapon. Um, and, you know, normal semi-automatic rifles and handguns that the everyday law-abiding citizen, like you and I, actually own, want to own, can own, and access. Um, the crime rates didn't go down 
all right? And it came off the books, and then we actually did see crime rates go down because now all of a sudden, law-abiding citizens are able to procure firearms, procure standard capacity magazines in greater quantities than they had for the last 10 or 15 years, right? Now we're, you know, the coronavirus hits, everyone freaks out, we go into lockdown mode, and hey, now you can't find any ammunition. We've had record gun sales for the whole last year. Fear of the election, right? Everyone's afraid that Joe Biden's coming for your guns, which he is. Here we are. More gun sales. So, you know, don't give that inch, right? You write to your state representatives. Insist that whatever they're doing, they vote against it. Explain to them that this is unconstitutional. The phrase common sense gun control is is idiocy. Because common sense is that you're going to pass legislation that has, that's going to impact a positive change. Well, all we've done in the past, I mean, and I, I did a, an episode on this, I don't know, I'll probably have to retouch on a bunch of it. Uh, you know, over the past, what, 80 years, you've just seen more and more legislation come on the books to restrict lawfully what what citizens can obtain, which, you know, unlawfully doesn't really matter because criminals don't follow the law. We just need more and more restrictions on gun rights, what you can have, what you can't have, tax stamps, what you have to register, what you have to get permission from the government to own. But at the same time, all we've all we've seen is mass shootings and violent crime go trend upward, right? And that's the problem. Oh, it's a it's a pandemic in America. Gun violence is, is a pandemic. It's the other issue we have to deal with. Well, we didn't have these issues when everybody was armed. Okay, back in the America in the 50s and 60s, this, these weren't issues. People weren't taking these guns places and shooting places up because other people had firearms. Okay, I'm not saying you need to make teachers carry guns, but... Why do you think schools get shot up so much? Because there's a bunch of people there and nobody to shoot back. And it's sad and it's tragic and it's awful. And I hate seeing that stuff on the news. And I've lived through, as a child, a lot of it. Okay, Columbine, I was in elementary school. You know, Sandy Hook, I was in, I was in college. You know, I mean, this, this stuff happens and it's, it's terrible but look at the look at it from a from an an unbiased lens and you'll see that these these the, the Orlando nightclub shooting look at that bars you can't carry a gun in bars which i'm not advocating that you necessarily that you should because when you're under the influence of alcohol obviously your judgment is impaired which is very critical to being a responsible uh, uh, firearm owner right right however it's a, it's a, it's a soft target. Security there doesn't carry firearms, mostly because they're you know liability insurance and the security's not trained, and they probably contract that security out to another company who doesn't want the liability insurance and doesn't you know want to have to deal with making those decisions. And I and I get I get all of that, but it doesn't change the fact that these soft targets, large numbers of defenseless people, are what keep getting hit. Okay, look at Las Vegas, the Las Vegas shooting, right? Music festival. Las Vegas is all casinos, which I'm not super well versed on on Nevada gun laws, but I do know at least here in Michigan you can't carry a gun in a casino. I'm pretty positive you can't carry a gun in and around casinos in in Las Vegas. Plus, everyone's drinking, having a good time. You shouldn't be carrying a gun anyways. Again, large gathering of people, soft target. And I, and honestly, I, I am a little bit perturbed that more details about that whole situation and what was found uh, in that shooter's room. Um, more details to that haven't come to light. Um, you seem to hear an awful lot about 
you know, are using that as a, as a shining example of why we need more gun control. Um, but it seems like we never actually get all the details out of these investigations, which leads me to raise quite a few questions. Okay. Um, mostly around were laws that were on the books enforced or not. Okay. Cause we already have eight, we already have a metric shitload of gun legislation on the books, on the state level, on the federal level. Yet a lot of it doesn't get enforced, which is my biggest problem with this is why do we need more? How about we try less? How about we try enforcing what we have? You know, rather than spending a bunch of taxpayer money and reducing people's freedoms and and ability to defend themselves and their families, why don't we look at what we already have and, you know, kind of do a self audit on that? Okay, working in the in the professional world, we don't just change our procedures and policies and and process you know processes uh, every other week. Oh, this is too tough. Oh, this sucks. Oh, this doesn't work right. Oh, we're having these issues. No, we double back and we re-examine our policies and procedures. We take a look at what we're doing person to person. We try to find where the breakdown is. We try to solve this issue within the confines of what we have before we go back and say, well, let's just rewrite the rules. And ironically, our own government refuses to do that. Okay. Um, And it sucks because really right now, I I personally believe what we need more than anything is uh, more unity in this country, more healing, more coming together across party lines specifically. Um, but I mean, this issue, nobody's asking for gun control right now. Why is that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because schools and movie theaters and bars and sporting events and music festivals and every other, you know, uh, soft target, um, for these kinds of, uh, tragic events and, you know, malls and things. And I know we've had one or two incidents this, you know, in, in 2020, unfortunately, I think it was a mall in Wisconsin and, yeah, the, the rioting over the summer, which was mostly non-firearm-related violence, if we're being honest here, um, but no one's asking for this, right? People are asking for coronavirus relief, small business support and relief, medical support through vaccines and, you know, relief of medical bills for everything that, you know, is going on right now. Um, what about people that are that are displaced right now? They aren't working because they're... Their profession has been uh, just horribly impacted by the coronavirus. Or what about these pipeline workers, right? We shut down the Keystone Pipeline on day, what, one of the Biden administration? 10,000 Americans lost their jobs with a stroke of a pen. Oh, and by the way, we're all paying like 50 to 70 cents more a gallon on gas. And it's only been like a month. So that's really awesome. Um, Maybe we could focus on, I don't know, actually positively impacting the lives of of your average american i don't right now guns are just not an issue more people especially on you know say the other side like the democratic side of things right because typically democrats are the smallest percentage of gun owners at least looking at you know some data going back to 2018 right the the smallest percentage of gun owners like 16 percent of gun owners it's democrats the largest is obviously republicans i think it was like 45 percent mostly male None of this should be very surprising to you, but given everything that's going on, everyone is concerned. Everyone's going out buying guns. Either existing owners are buying more guns, but you're seeing a lot of people for the first time going out and buying guns themselves because they watch the news, right? They see how dangerous things are getting. They're concerned. They want to be able to protect their family in the event that brick comes through their window. In event, you know, that there's riots that come to their town. 
this doesn't mean anybody wants to go out and, and you know we don't want to you know slaughter our countrymen, but people are concerned. Once again, our politicians seem to not be focusing on the the problem at hand. Instead, they're they're busy with their political infighting. You know, the Democrats can't seem to agree on well anything right now. The Republicans are struggling as a party, in my opinion, at least, to come together. Um, you know, I, obviously, we're kind of uh, on our heels after the loss in the election. Um, we have a lot of Republicans that are voting in favor of Democrat issues. You know, Rhino, Republican in name only, R-I-N-O. A lot of rhinos right now, people that campaigned on conservative Republican issues and are flipping the script now that they're in office. Uh, my personal hope is that next year, okay, because every you know we have the midterm elections, um, that, that we flip some seats in the uh, the House and the Senate, uh, you know, because th- this is obviously, this is a bad situation for anybody who's conservative-minded, you know, and, and things are just getting worse in more ways than one. You know, I, I you see this stuff, uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away, right? Iconic media personality um, I on NPR. Okay, I, I never listened to NPR um, as a child, as an adult. I, I'm aware of who Rush Limbaugh is, but I, I did, I never listened to the man, Okay. Um, I know he said some very controversial things, uh, a lot of which I don't advocate for. Okay. But he had his opinion and he was very, very conservative minded in some things, possibly in ways, you know, possibly in ways beyond what he really needed to be. But that, that was his opinion. That's how that that man wanted to live his life. More power to him for doing it that way. So he passes away. Somebody who's, you know, shaped, changed things in America. And you got these people going out on Twitter, hashtag rest in piss. Oh, he's a terrible human being. You know, I had people telling me, oh, this has nothing to do with politics. He's just a terrible human being. Why is he a terrible human being? Oh, he made fun of uh, gay people dying for AIDS and made fun of uh, Michael, you know, Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's. And okay, like I know when I was in high school, I said some pretty awful shit too. I know that I've made some pretty inappropriate jokes about, you know, lots of different things. I'm not justifying those. What I'm saying is everybody has done good things and bad things in their life. And everybody has a family that is grieving for the loss of a loved one, regardless of what you think. So for being the, once again, I've said this before, and so I can't stand liberals in the Democratic Party right now is for being the party of unity. And to quote Joe Biden, we're going to come together. We're going to heal the nation. As one America, but um, what is this? This isn't unity, and this sure is this sure as shit isn't healing for anybody. All this is is name pointing or, or finger pointing, name calling, and just bullshit. It's rude, it's mean, it's crude, and it doesn't do anything to make anything any better. Yeah, you hated Rush Limbaugh. Okay, cool man. You know what? He's gone. All right, feel however you want to. There's no need to 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 do all the things that we're seeing. And it's all on social media from all these people who hide behind their keyboards all day, go out in the real world. They'll never say this to your face. They don't have the nerve, but this is the party of unity, right? This is, we're all supposed to come together as long as it's for purposes and reasons that they deem appropriate. That's the asterisk next to that campaign quote, that campaign, you know, statement goal, whatever you want to call it. Um, And to me personally, I find it disgusting. You know, there's lots of people on the Democratic side of things that I don't agree with. You know, obviously, I am really not a big Nancy Pelosi fan. Uh, I, I can't stand her. Um, I'm not going to be taking to social media to celebrate her passing when that day comes. 
Okay. Uh, same thing with like, you know, Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, you know, I just, you know, everyone's got families and it's just not the right thing to do as a decent and a moral human being. You know, I don't get that. I was just never raised that way. Like, Hey, I don't care if that individual, well, they're dead now. And somebody somewhere is in very rough shape dealing with it. People have kids, people have siblings, people have friends. I don't understand it. Where does this help us? It just, it, 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 it drives that, the wedge between Americans. It just, it's, and it's just driven home by the, the mainstream media uh, that this is acceptable, that this is okay. You got news networks like CNN and stuff that just want to talk about how awful it's, you know, there's other shit going on in the world right now. For instance, we've had record, uh, record temperatures and, and, uh, winter weather situations across the country, specifically in, in the Southern parts of the United States, places like, um, you know, Texas, Northern Texas that are just not used to dealing with this much snowfall and these cold temperatures, their, uh, you know, their green energy, uh, options that they have in place, things like solar panels and wind farms, they're frozen up, they're covered in snow and ice. They don't work. Uh, there's, there's families with, uh, you know, I have a buddy who has a friend down there who said they have a, a seven month old child. Their house was like 17 degrees and it's, there's just no alternatives. Places are all without power. You can't just pick up and, oh, my house lost power. I have a small child. I'm going to go run to the nearest, you know, Hilton or, or Holiday Inn or whatever and just stay there for two, three days till they get the power back up and running with my kid because the hotels lost power. They don't have the infrastructure for it because they don't see this. Realistically, this is not something that most people plan for. You know, that's like, it, it, it's just, it's so far down the list. They've never declared in the Dallas area, they've never declared a winter weather emergency before. They've never had to, but here we are. And instead of our politicians stepping up and coming together to uh, pass relief funds for, because uh, keep in mind, we're, we're still dealing with coronavirus right? That's all still a thing right now, trying to get vaccines out, dealing with hospitalizations, dealing with testing. That's all still going on. On top of now we have this huge issue in Southern states like Louisiana and Texas, where there's no power, there's no infrastructure in place to quickly restore said power and to provide things like running water and toiletries. Um, you know, stores aren't, don't have electricity. So there's all the things that come with that, whether it's they can't sell anything or there's rioting or, or, or looting, you know, or, or whatever. Um, but instead of our politicians coming together to discuss those issues, to pass relief funding that's needed for the American people, we are, well, not we, um, we have politicians like Beto O'Rourke, okay, coming out and saying, oh, well, this is the governor of Texas's fault. Because he spent his time and energy working on making Texas a sanctuary state for the NRA and the Second Amendment. And that's time and energy he should have been spending, uh, apparently anticipating a historic record-changing um, winter climate weather event situation thing. Yeah, yeah, the crystal ball. Yeah, he, he should have seen this coming. Instead of worrying about the guns, he should have been worrying about something that has n happening that's never happened in the history of the state. Right, that's like saying, "Oh, we shouldn't be worrying. We should be, make, you know, making contingency plans here in Detroit for when an asteroid or meteor strikes downtown Detroit and cripples business." That's what we should be planning for. Well, has it ever happened before? No. 
what's the likelihood that that's probably going to happen ever? Really, really low. But that's what we should be spending. I mean, come on, it's it's just, it's a it's a ludicrous argument. And again, it, the thing that pisses me off is there are people that are suffering right now, and rather than addressing that issue, people like O'Rourke are using this as an opportunity for political grandstanding to criticize the Republican Party, to attack gun rights, and to draw people's attention and focus through a skewed lens, not at the actual issue, but direct people's attention to an issue that fits their political agenda, i.e. gun control. And it's awful. You guys don't see this. I mean, you might maybe you're not looking, maybe you're not aware of it. I know a lot of people have just stopped watching the news. Okay, I have. Um, you know, I, I check a lot of online headlines and that's how I get a lot of this information. Um, it's just easier for me to sort through the bullshit. I'm sorry. I don't want to watch 800 feel good stories about, you know, um, dogs being rescued from the ice out here in Detroit, which did happen by the way. And my wife filled me in on that one. I was very happy to see that, uh, Canadian and Detroit, uh, or U S uh, services were able to rescue this dog that was out. Uh, they think he was chased out in the ice by a coyote. Um, but He's going to be fine. He's got some minor frostbite on his paws, but otherwise very, very healthy. So that's you know awesome to hear. Um, but I, I don't want to waste my time watching the news to hear about all of uh, you know Vice President Harris's and President Biden's pl- great plans for the future and all the awesome things that they're allegedly doing to make America a better place to correct all the wrongs and everything done by Donald Trump because he's just the world's worst person. You know, I don't personally, I just don't have time for it. Um, but it, it, it just is ridiculous, okay? Guns aren't the problem, especially right now. No one's leaving their damn houses. Guns aren't a problem. Even if you look at all the rioting and looting and the burning and all the issues that we had throughout the summer months, right? This, the Pacific Northwest comes to mind very specifically with like Portland, um, you know, and, the, and, you know and, and obviously in Kenosha, Wisconsin as well. Uh, Atlanta had issues. Detroit for a couple, you know, nights, we had some problems here all over the country, really, most of this was improvised weapons, right? Stones, bricks, Molotov cocktails, which if you don't know what that is, it's just a bottle of flammable liquid with a rag stuffed in it. You like the rag, you throw the bottle, make it a firebomb, okay? That's the kind of shit you saw dealing with, you know, people being attacked and beaten in the streets because they're, in some instances, just because they're white, in other instances, because they're wearing a red hat that they thought maybe said, make America great on it again. Um, because you spoke, maybe, you know, because you spoke out against whatever they were protesting, because that's your opinion. Um, you know, that, that to me is the bigger issue is that, you know, we want to, we want to hide all of these problems under the guise of social equality. This is social justice. Um, you know, we have celebrities now fighting with each other, um, over these issues. And if you're a fan of like Star Wars and, you know, the Mandalorian, Gina, uh, Serrano was, I think I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing her name, but she was, uh, fired from the Mandalorian as one of the main reoccurring characters, um, because of some, I believe it was, it was either Instagram or Facebook. I think it was Instagram posts, uh, basically, uh, looking at some of the things that happened during World War II Holocaust era, where, um, German citizens kind of turned on each other, specifically Jewish citizens, uh, you know, and pointed out, and these are facts, right? Stuff that she quoted and pointed out are facts. It's things that actually happened, right? Jewish people were attacked by their neighbors, not by the S, not originally by the SS and the German military, but it was an overall, uh, you know, herd mentality, um, that was spread by the Nazi party in Germany during the war. 
uh, in the time leading up to the war that the problems of their country was, you know, the Jewish people were to blame and that we should be, you know, lashing out at, or they should be, I'm sorry, they should be lashing out at those people um, because they were the issue. You know, so she pointed out something that ha- that happened that's not debatable. It's a fact. There's a lot of history behind it. Um, and she made connections and parallels to what we're seeing today with the li- liberal Americans, Democratic Party Americans, uh, lashing out and attacking conservative Americans. Conservatives and Republicans and Trump supporters are to blame for everything wrong that's going on in this country right now. That's that's the message, uh, and that's the point that she was making, which I've seen a ton of. Look at social media, for God's sake, right? Oh, you support Trump? You're the problem here. Oh, you support the the protests and the rally that were in the Capitol? You're a, you're a white supremacist and a racist. I just saw another a news headline. Uh, I think it was on Fox News. Oh, Merrick Garland, who's up to be you know Biden's attorney general, is promising that he's going to go out and prosecute the white supremacists from the Capitol riots. Like, why are they white supremacists? Because they were there, because they were protesting the election, because with all the things that were called into question during the election process, they're not allowed to protest. Um, Where was all the prosecution of the individuals that ran through the streets uh, in various cities when Trump was elected and threw bricks through Starbucks and, you know, like Bank of America windows? uh, Where's... Where was the prosecution for that? Oh no, those oh those were minority individuals. Those were Black Americans. So, so that's that's okay. It's a double standard. It shouldn't be right for anybody. I don't care what political movement you're backing. You're, it's not acceptable to attack people out on the streets and destroy local businesses. Um, you know because you don't like what's going on. There's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And the people that think that they're actually achieving anything by going out there and burning down businesses, you're you're a, you're an, you're an asshole. The, you know, having um, having grown up being supported partially by a small business and having family members that had small businesses in the restaurant industry and seeing the struggles and how much work and time and effort, how much sacrifice goes into all of that, you're an asshole. I'm sorry. Like, I don't even care. Uh, that You don't get that back. Oh, you have insurance. That's not how it works. <laughs> You know, we lost, my family lost a small business due to arson. I've said it a bunch of times on here before. Um, The reason we did not reopen was because even with the, you know, quote unquote insurance that we had that would take care of everything, you would have had, because of the damage and, you know, the building that we were in and stuff was uh, X years old and had X issues need to be brought up to code because grandfathered, what have you, the money provided by the insurance would have gotten you halfway there. It would have gotten things demolished and started but then it would have required a huge business loan then to finish rebuilding and reopen and it's just you know you start looking at things you know i wasn't in any any position to take things over my you know siblings weren't at the time either and you know my my mother was not sure she wanted to keep moving down that path and she's getting older towards retirement and things and it's like you know it's not as cut and dry as everybody wants to make it seem. And I'm so sick of hearing those comments too, uh, you know, when things like minimum wage come up and it's, oh, this may sound harsh, this may sound harsh and cold-blooded, but if you can't afford to do this, you don't just, you know, or do that or pays people this or, or provide these benefits, you either need to get with the times, you don't deserve to be open for business. Like, you know what, you don't understand what you're talking about. You really don't. And it's very obvious by how you think that the world is so black and white. Okay, 90% of the world is living in the gray. You know, so 
anyways, the riding, I mean, the double standard, riding and looting, uh, why one is all about white privilege, quote-unquote, and white supremacy, um, but the other is a completely just and justifiable um, protest in the name of social equity. That I don't get. I mean, they're two sides of the same coin. It's wrong both ways you look at it. Um, was I happy to see the protesting at the Capitol? Yes, I was. Was I happy to see that our Capitol, um, well, to see the rioting, to see that our Capitol was, I mean, in in some ways under attack, was in some ways being sacked by rioters, or, I mean, no, no, because it was kind of like this shining beacon through the world that the American Capitol was just, that was off limits. Um, and I think it sends a message and, you know, people say, oh, we're the laughing stock of the world because of Trump. No, we're the laughing stock of the world because our political parties can't get their shit together and run this country correctly in line with the wishes of the American citizens. That's why we're a laughing stock. And now you're starting to see things from like France, France, who's considered long been considered one of the liberal, uh, strongholds of the free world, right? Um, they hate America. Now they're coming out and saying that they're fearful that America is importing dangerous ideals into France. People leaving America, coming to their country uh, with these dangerous radical left-wing ideas. It's like, oh, right, but the rest of the world got it so much, has it so right, and we're so wrong here in America because America sucks. Which I hate hearing, you know, I, I do. I think this is the greatest country in the world. I know we don't always get it right. God knows there's a lot of things we could be doing better. But you know what? Talk to people who've traveled overseas. Talk to people in the military who have been to third world countries or the Middle East. You think racism's bad here? Dude, it, it gets worse. It gets worse. I'm not saying we should stop working on fixing the issue, but we're far from the worst country in the world. And I think some of the people that, that want to talk about this place need, you know, oh, we need to be just like Venezuela because they did socialism or, you know, Sweden or Norway because they did socialism and socialism works. And, you know, it's all the, the haves keeping everything from the have nots and they want this system in place. Like, look, yeah, rich people are going to find a way to stay rich. Okay. That's pretty much how they made their money and how they keep their money. They're savvy business people who take advantage of the legal system. So if you want to make change, work with your lawmakers to make change. Tearing down our entire country in the name of this new ideal, which by the way, socialism has never, ever in the history of the concept actually worked successfully. But we ignore that for whatever reason. That that doesn't make any difference. And these people want to point out, you know, these countries, oh, it works here. It worked in Spain. It works here. Mm, that's like socialist democracy, which is like diet socialism or sugar-free socialism. It's not pure socialism like you guys are all, you know, advocating for. And things like publicizing or making our, our healthcare system public to match like Canada and all these other countries because people don't want to get jobs that have better benefits. They they don't want to pay for health care. They, they think that the government should just take care of them, which I, I don't understand that. And maybe it was just the way I was raised. You know, my parents never, uh, I mean, they provided for me, yes, but it wasn't like I said, hey, give me this, and they just did it without a, a question. You know, at a certain point, they go, no, you can't have that. Why? Because. You want that? Go get a job, make money for yourself, save up your money, Go get it on your own. We'll help you. You know, oh, you don't need that. Yes, I do. No, you don't. I need you. It's like these people, I need to be making $17 an hour at McDonald's. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I should be able to work here and sustain a family. No, that's not how that works. Either you should be in a management position 
a skilled position. That's the difference between, you know, we're kind of getting away from the point. I get it. But, you know, it's just there's so many issues right now. And I think that gun control is just not one that we need to be addressing. I just I think that right now, as America stands, until we get out of this COVID crisis, people are not worried about gun violence. You know, people like David Hogg are, I mean, you basically only have now started hearing his name again because Biden won the election and you have people bringing him back into the political fold. The kid wasn't there during the alleged, during the, the tragedy, not alleged, during the actual tragedy. Um, he allegedly was around directly thereafter on the aftermath and inserted himself into that situation and has now gone out of his way to start speaking out uh, against gun ownership. The kid's a total tool, okay? Um I say kid because he he is he's you know the best of my knowledge he uh, he's just he's not I, I don't know this I just I don't agree with him politically I'll just and I'll leave it at that I don't agree with him politically because my life experiences um, and his lack of life experience we don't uh, we don't see eye to eye but when again when you look at the facts here gun control gun legislation restricting lawful uh, gun ownership, uh, magazine capacities, barrel lengths, calibers, uh, that's, it doesn't work. Okay. We've seen it with uh, every state that's, that's tried restrictive legislation. I've said Chicago, LA, you know, Detroit, whatever. It, it doesn't work in preventing those crimes. Uh, and I think what's worse is that now they're starting to look at and seriously discuss uh, the possibility of mandatory government-sponsored gun owner insurance. So it would cost you $800 a year for this mandatory insurance that you have to buy. I think that was $800 that you have to buy through the government. That aside from whatever you have personally for concealed carry, um, you know, USCCA is what I have. Um, but yeah, that aside, you have to buy this. Um, every I think uh, it's like every uh, what, quote unquote what they deem to be a high capacity magazine is a two hundred dollar tax stamp. So you got this fifteen dollar Magpul thirty rounder for your AR, two hundred dollars a year. Okay, I think it was a year or just two hundred two hundred dollars in general, which is ridiculous because I know people will own five, ten, twenty of those things, and that's it's completely unrealistic and unconstitutional. Um, you have to register every single firearm you know, and here's you own. And here is the, this is just the worst, the worst fucking idea I've, I've heard ever is mandatory registration of your firearms in a publicly accessible database. So it's basically a shopping list for criminals who want to go out and procure some good old uh, fi reliable firearms. Here, let's just go shopping on the good old interwebs. We'll find out who own these things and we'll break into their home and we'll steal them or do whatever unspeakable things we need to, to get, uh, to get access to these firearms and ammunition. Oh, because you have to register ammunition sales too under this, these proposed laws. And it's, it's preposterous, okay? It's nobody's business. It's not the government's business, okay? Now, certain devices like suppressors, short barrel rifles, uh, quote-unquote, the, the, the actual, not even quote-unquote, the actual machine guns, these rapid-fire machine guns that, that people are, are whining and complaining about, um, those are government-monitored right now. Explosive devices, okay, um, launchers and things like that, those are all registered through the government, and you have to have very expensive and very time-consuming processes completed to get the licenses necessary for those. So again, we already have those laws on the books. There is no need for additional legislation, but this is now where our tax dollars are going. We're going to see all these hundreds of millions of dollars poured into this effort to strip away the Second Amendment. And mark my words, if they're successful, 
we're already seeing it. The first amendment is next big tech companies like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, um, censoring and silencing these conservative voices, these conservative companies, uh, you know, companies like Fieldcraft survival have been censored on Instagram and YouTube, uh, have had, you know, been demonetized, um, companies like T-Rex Arms have put out a ton of content that's uh, educational and positive content. Uh, Warrior Poet Society. I just all as any company you could think of have all been demonetized through these liberal platforms and censored. Uh, and, and and oh, it goes against our community guidelines. Why? Because it pushes an idea that you don't agree with. You know, I don't necessarily people just people don't agree with abortion, but they push that all over Facebook. So. What which, the guidelines protect who, you know, wasn't that supposed to be the whole uh, point of this online social media was it was go talk to who you want about what you want and everyone's happy together. But now we're just going to politicize this and make you the platform. Oh, well, it's, it's okay. Uh, as long as it's, if it's our agenda. Oh, and by the way, we're going to file injunctions and lawsuits and shut down places like locals and parlor and, uh, Make sure you guys can't go there to spread your uh, quote-unquote dangerous radical right-wing ideas because being a conservative is now radical and right and extreme right-wing. So just pay attention out there, guys. Uh, follow the news cycles if you can. Reach out to your state representatives. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. These people do get reelected every it's like two or four years, whatever, so um, they're supposed to be listening to you, okay? And make sure when these elections come up, we, you make your voice heard. Okay. I know how easy it is for the midterm elections. Just go by the wayside and okay, I don't have time to vote in that because not presidential election. I don't have the time to, to go early. You need to make the time to go vote. It's crucially important. Okay. So just some stuff to think about. Okay. Keeping you guys prepared and aware of what's going on. We'll have another episode come out for you guys later this week. Uh, possibly some exciting news coming down the pipe uh, and our plans for expansion and growth of the podcast here. The team and I are super excited about it. So hopefully more on that. Until next time, get out there, train hard, and be prepared. Be prepared.